0: the ankle
1: has landed. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast with Matthew Gertz and Jesse
0: Landers.
2: Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matt.
0: And I'm Jesse, and today we're joined by our guest,
2: Stephanie Andrew,
0: comedian and podcaster. Thank you for coming on.
3: Hi, thank you for having me. Ah,
2: the pleasure is all ours. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself?
3: Yeah, for sure. So I am a Michigan native, grown up. I grew up, was born and raised just south of Detroit, Um, kind of like that Journey song. Um, (laughs) Nice. And yeah, I, I moved to New York City about a year ago um a little over a year ago and the goal was just kind of to pursue creative endeavors i'm a musician i write i do comedy and um the first time that i visited the city there was such a creative energy and um i was in the midst of a writer's block at the time and i came home and finished writing a a short novel i was working on because i was just so rejuvenated um And the diversity, there's just so many qualities and factors about the city that led me to it. So I pretty much came back to Michigan and I told everyone I was going to be moving June 1st. And I didn't care if I had a job. I didn't care if I had no money. I was doing it. And thankfully, that wasn't the case. I landed a job. I moved May 23rd and the rest is history. I've been there a year and it's been the craziest year of my life. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a big change, I'd imagine.
3: Yeah, it was a big change, but it was it was necessary. I've been somebody who I don't really root myself in places. I've been in Michigan my whole life, but I've always known that I wanted to leave and I have left. I've spent some time in South America. I spent time in Africa. Oh, wow. I lived in uh, Yosemite National Park in California for a little bit, and so I just, I knew that I wasn't going to live here and die here.
0: Mm. You have a bit of a travel bug, it sounds like.
3: Oh, for sure. I can't stay still. But I don't see myself. <laughs> I have plans to travel, obviously, once COVID is no longer a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see myself moving and leaving the city anytime soon.
0: It feels like home, at least?
3: For oh, now? It feels, yeah, it feels more like home than anywhere I've been. So since I've moved to the city, I I started pursuing comedy a little bit more seriously. I have taken up the production side of things and I've produced a couple of awesome shows that I'm very proud of. And then the podcast I I host, Is That Embarrassing?, which is a podcast uh, about secrets and embarrassing moments. And the goal is to create this safe space to have conversations that most people avoid. Um, while bringing a comic relief to it, because a lot of times like having a conversation, for example, about STDs might be mm-hmm. uncomfortable for people to have or hear. And so to to create a safe space for that and to also debunk the stigma surrounding topics such as that um, is the intent.
0: It's a noble cause for it, too.
3: I don't I guess so. Yeah, I like to think so. It. it I mean,
0: being able that's where. Sort of uh, bad bad things live in in not talking about them. i I guess if there, there's probably a better way to say that. but uh, it, in talking about these things, I'm sure you make it more uh, normalized so that you know maybe the listeners at home will be willing to have these same kinds of conversations.
3: Yeah, that is the goal. And even just getting emails and listeners submitted secrets via Instagram. Um, I, I feel like I am fostering that environment and I am fostering those, you know, leading to those conversations with people. And, uh, so it's great, you know, because some guys have a hard time with the podcast because I feel like every female guest I've had has like talked about shitting herself, which I guess that's <laughs> universally our most embarrassing moment, but guys are just like, we don't, we don't believe that women poop. Can you please stop? <laughs> oh my God.
0: Yeah, they got to get over that. There's all human, right?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Now, now with these uh, embarrassing stories, it's ju- it's essentially guests that you have coming on and telling them.
3: Yeah, and uh, so I had the podcast went through a change very quickly. Um, so I had been. Coming up with this, I came up with this idea about a year ago, right when I moved to the city, but I really wanted to do it right. I wanted to plan it and not just like jump into it. I had a podcast when I was back in Michigan, so I already had the equipment, Um, but I took a year to kind of just strategize and I started the podcast with a friend of mine who was the co-host and amidst covid and just everything going on there were a lot of like time commitment issues and she was pursuing some separate creative endeavors and so fairly quickly um I she decided to step down as co-host and I took over and it's been you know it was a very difficult change because I love her as a person but it's been a very freeing change as well because I, I've had this vision for so long and now I can just run with it. Um, And so the first few episodes were her and I. And so the first one, I kind of share my secret, you know, and embarrassing moments attached to that. And then she shared hers and then we started having guests and yeah, the, the pretty much they come prepared with something. I did have one guest recently who I specifically chose her based on a listener's email that they sent in because they have very similar life experiences, but everyone's got a secret or an embarrassing moment. What about you? Do you have a secret or an embarrassing moment? I mean,
0: I have plenty of secrets. I don't know if I want to give them all up here. I like a little bit of That's mystery.
3: Fair. <laughs> but, um,
2: Come on, open table. Let's do a bit.
0: No, like probably one of my more embarrassing moments where I like was active, like, It's tough because you have like little things that happen, but one of the, one of the bigger things I remember was when, uh, there was this property that we used to go explore in my hometown and, uh, you would have to park sort of on this, uh, what was it, Matt, a handball court? It was some sort of, um, big concrete, uh, like.
2: I think it used to be a handball court, literally. Yeah. I think that's nailed it. And like, because we weren't, weren't
0: necessarily supposed to be exploring said property, we had to park kind of our cars in this handball court. And in order to get out of, of the uh, parking area, you had to do a crazy like six-point turn, essentially. Hmm. And me, being the teenager I am who thinks I know more than everyone else, I decide, no, no, I'm just going to whip a Yui around this uh, concrete block wall with all my friends in the back of the car. I'm like, I got this, I got this. I whip it around, pretty much gouge out the side of the entire Ford Explorer I'm driving. And everyone in the car just starts erupting with laughter, including oh, no. the girl I'm dating at the time.
2: Mm, so I'm yeah, just like, it was not a pretty scene. He was pissed.
0: I was very upset. And just yeah. like, I felt like no one was on my side. I fucked up. It was totally my fault. <laughs> like there was no one to blame, but myself and everyone was laughing at me. And I, I was just mortified with my own actions at that point. I mean, that's something that always stuck with me because it's just like, fuck. I'm dumb and everyone is laughing at me.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And those that's the thing about embarrassment is like, I can remember things I did in second, third grade, you know, that I, that still haunt me. And I'm like, why yeah. did you say that? And so <laughs> it just kind of lingers. It never really goes away.
0: Why are those the moments that stick, right? Oh, yeah. God.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't Matt, know.
2: Matt, did you, did you
0: have anything or
2: you're... All right, in- I'm... <laughs> Oh my god! I'm not shameless. I think I block them out psychologically, and I—I I literally thought of the worst story <laughs> I could tell here, and I'm gonna uh, bear it all, people. I this is horrible. exclusive. As a teen boy, you know how teen boys are exploring things. We grew up in the era where uh, online porn just had come in, right? Uh-oh. Yeah, we know where this is going right away. I'm gonna <laughs> bear it all. I'm gonna—I'm gonna be the guy. You wanted to say you were gonna bear all that. But... <laughs> uh so back in the day we me and jesse are appropriate age for when you know online porn was just becoming a thing
0: yeah aol was like right around the time when we were in middle school. dial up porn baby i'm talking disaster waiting to happen
2: dial up porn took forever dude and uh so (sighs) parents you know went out home alone kid doing my thing on the computer you know Mm. Uh, the whole deal. You know, got the bottle of lotion and everything. Johnson and Johnson, baby. I remember it to this day, the color of the bottle and everything. It's ridiculous.
0: There's a third Johnson in that fucking equation. Mom and dad <laughs> came home way earlier
2: than they should have. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't hear them.
3: Ah! And dude,
2: so the door opens and I hear it and I start panicking mode and I'm like trying to like close out of It's so slow, closing out of like Xing every fucking thing. I'm like, shut the fuck off. I'm like trying so hard to turn the computer off, everything. And I'm like, just panicking. And then like I get it off and everything. And then I realized the ju- the fucking bottle of lotion is still on the table. <laughs> so I panic with that. I'm like, fuck, where am I going to like hide it? Like, try to like hide it and shit. And like, I just end up throwing the thing somehow. I just lay in the room. middle of the living room and my parents walk through the living room. Oh, <laughs> and my mom just goes, what were you doing? And I was like, Oh, I don't even remember what I said. I I was just like, nothing. This was, this was out here. And I just like ran and like, there was like <laughs> see why you blacked nothing, some of those out. <laughs> nothing ever was said about it after that moment, but they never, it seems like it they knew. Oh,
3: oh yeah you, they, you got a teenage son Come on. they for sure never came home without giving a warning call after that <laughs> they were like we're just gonna give him a five minute notice <laughs> yeah.
2: we're going out for 30 minutes exactly we will be home
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god that's uh, hilarious that's embarrassing as hell for sure
2: yeah. oh yeah yeah i live well, you're it. alive i mean i'm alive i made it years later <laughs> you know yeah, hey we it,
3: survive these things they build character
2: Oh man, they definitely do. You could say that. All right.
0: With the, with the show, do you find that people, that's the takeaway that most people have like your guests that come in is like once they put this stuff out there, they feel better about it and kind of can reflect on it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think also the thing that really comes up a lot is that once they, because some of the, some of the secrets that have been shared so far are things that people have kept from everyone in their life for a year. Sometimes it's, you know, the majority of their life. And so I think that one thing that's really common that people feel is that once they talk about it and they kind of have this like coming out moment, they realize that they're not alone. So every guest I've interviewed so far has been like, yeah, as soon as I started talking about the fact that I was divorced or the fact that I was an orphan or the fact that I had an STD. I found this, like, community of people that related to me that I otherwise, like, wouldn't have connected with. And mm. so I think that's the big thing, is knowing that we all have our own shit, but, like, we're not alone in it.
2: No, everybody's vulnerable. And, I mean, the point when you realize that everybody is is the point where you really can, like, accept your own baggage. And find absolutely. the community, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, that... That's the whole purpose is just like, oh, you're not, you're not alone in this. And also whatever, what are the reasons that we don't tell people things, right? Like what are the reasons we don't share our secrets is because there's some kind of a stigma surrounding it. So how do we break that? How do we debunk Hmm. it start having more authentic conversations? Hmm. But like I said, the topics can be really heavy. So a lot of the times my guests are writers, actors, comics, and we break it up because the one thing that I've learned about comedy is most people who dive into comedy, it's because they have trauma. <laughs> like oh, myself yeah. included. Yeah. Like comedy. Yeah. We're, we're universally Undeniable. fucked up. Like we're really <laughs> fucked up people. And so, but the thing is, is we can laugh about it. Like people mm-hmm. always ask me, my coworkers will be like, what is your comedy like? Like, how would you describe it? And I'm like self-deprecating as fuck. Like, I just like, make fun of myself and my life all of the time. And, but that's the whole purpose. Like, it's an outlet in that sense. Like the past few months um, between like, covid and just everything going on in our country and i've had some personal losses that i've gone through i've written so much comedy because i've like taken that energy and i've taken those negative things and i've just like made them into something
2: hmm. and i've heard a lot of artists are like talking out their own fucking bullshit and trauma like yeah, it's on almost stage.
0: like a form of therapy in itself and, yeah
2: the therapy kicks in and like sometimes they even have like self-realizations like on fucking stage like of like ideas that's like, big. what you know, and it's like it's crazy because that proves the therapy, like, you know, theory. Theory, like it's yeah. Just,
3: oh, for that sure. That shit out
2: is so important.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I'm a big therapy goer. Um, I when I first started therapy, I went with, with a woman, and I did not really like her. Um, Probably, actually, she wasn't the problem. I think I just wasn't quite ready to hear what she had to say yet. So I found another therapist. I went through three. And then the third one, oh, my God, I loved her. And mostly because – so have you guys heard of the podcast, Guys We Fucked?
2: Yes. Hell yeah. Okay,
3: okay. so Guys We Fucked is the, like, reason behind my entire life the past year. That sounds so crazy. But, like, literally, I connected with a guest from that podcast – we kind of hit it off. I flew out to New York to meet him. That's the first time I ever went to the city. Oh, and I was wow. like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're all right, but this city's fucking incredible. And then like shortly, love. shortly after, like, I love Corinne Fisher. So I started studying comedy because
0: we follow her Instagram and it's mm-hmm. just fantastic. Oh,
3: she's everything she does is golden. So I have a different story than a lot of comics. Um, I feel in a sense that a lot of comics were brought up in comedy. So they, you know, watched these late, late night shows with their parents or whatever it was they had. Um, comedy was part of their like childhood, their teenagers, whatever. I grew up in a household where I wasn't allowed to have TV. Oh, wow. And it, it wasn't really because like we weren't poor or anything like that. But my mom was a single mom and she was a huge advocate of like the arts. Mm -hmm. And so she basically said, I'm not going to let you just sit in front of a TV all day. If you want to play tennis, I'll pay for it. If you want to take music lessons, I'll pay for it. Whatever you want to do, I'll put you through it. But you're not just going to like sit around not learning stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, in so many ways in my life, I benefited from that. I can probably play more instruments than anyone, either of you know. Oh, wow. But in a lot of ways, I also you know, missed out on a lot because there are TV shows and stuff that I didn't get exposed to until like my mid 20s. There's
0: some pop culture references in there. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure
3: Absolutely, that I'm kind of just like staring off into space because I'm like, I don't fucking get it.
0: Everyone's um, like, you're such a Joey. And you're like, what?
3: Yeah. <laughs> friends <laughs> was one thing. So I went to my dad's every other weekend and like friends was a huge show that we always watched. And mm-hmm. so I would try to cram as much into those three days as I could.
0: Well, now there's the streaming and binging and stuff. So you can catch all up on that.
3: Absolutely. So, going back to Corinne Fisher, was my first like real exposure into comedy. And that Mm. probably sounds crazy because like comedy is everywhere. But it was the first time that I like really looked at someone as a comic and like wanted to just like analyze their work. And so, anyways, the podcast is like the reason behind. So much of who I am and uh, why I'm here. And I don't even remember why I got onto that tangent, but
2: <laughs> passion. <laughs> passion. That's
0: yeah. why.
3: It's, it's <laughs> yeah, great. But-
2: like, we, we appreciate that in the fullest. Like, it's a tell-
0: big part of your story, it sounds like, too. Yeah, yeah
3: it, it really is. And so, um, when I came to New York, I just was like, all right, I, I'm starting kind of from the bottom, but I'm just going to hit the ground running. And, you know, my podcast, the first few episodes, probably, oh, it was like the downloads were low. I didn't have a ton of Instagram followers and I was just like, Oh my gosh. And then it's just like grown and it's such a supportive community. Um, but, but kind of what I was getting at was like, one of the things too, that drew me to guys, we fucked is how authentic Corinne and Christina are Mm -hmm. and that really reflects in their stand-up comedy as well not just the podcast and so that was something I wanted to be really self-aware of and you know you were saying like when comics get on stage and they, they have these revelations that's so true and I've experienced it and I've also experienced getting off the stage and having someone like come up to me well there's been both sides of the spectrum. There are people who come up and are like, you can't joke about that. And I'm like, you, sir, don't belong at a comedy show. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> and then
3: there's people who come up and they're like, hey, you know, I know that that's like heavy shit to talk about. And like, I've been through that same experience and this is the first time I've been able to like laugh about it, you know? Wow. And so it, it really comes back to that. There's just like a sense of connection that I get with other people by doing comedy. Um, and somehow that led into the tangent for my love of guys we fucked. <laughs> but, <laughs>
2: well, the, yeah. they're very vulnerable. I mean, like, it comes down to like the whole essence mm-hmm. of comedy. It's like you're putting your whole self out there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with those girls, they are fucking on, they put everything on the table.
3: Yeah. And I feel like if, if you get on this stage and you're not that way, people sense it. Like, right away, right you know, away. The energy is bleaching. the one thing. You can't really be scripted. You've just got to be like, all right and some there are some rooms that like aren't going to be for you like I can't tell you how many times I've bombed but then there are rooms where it's just like you feel like you're on top of the world and like they get you like you feel like you're seen you know um so yeah comedy is the one thing you just can't really fake it it's kind of in you in a sense
0: this episode of American Slacker is brought to you in part by Dango Products Made here in America, they offer wallets, watches, and many other accessories.
2: A couple months ago, I ordered my D01 Dapper Pen Wallet in their patented D-Tex, which is amazing. The d that they've created is a material that is scratch-proof, water-resistant, and so easy to clean. You know, if you're working out there on the grind, getting your pockets dirty, maybe getting your wallet dirty, this thing will clean up and you can go out in the tux at night and you won't even know the difference.
0: Check out their quality selection of wallets, watches, and other accessories at dangoproducts.com. Use the promo code SLACKER for 10% off your order.
2: SLACKER approved.
1: Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, including CEOs of businesses, psychologists, authors, musicians, travelers, people suffering with physical and mental illnesses, and everyone in between. Where we speak about a large variety of topics, including music and movies and pop culture, but also some more controversial topics, including drug reform, political correctness, and many more. No subject is off limits. You can find us in all the usual podcast places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And you can follow us in all the usual social media places. And to be clear, I don't expect everyone listening to enjoy every episode of my show. What I do think is that due to the wide variety of guests and topics, that there'll be at least one episode that each person listening will enjoy so if you still appreciate the art of conversation and want to hear honest conversations with interesting people then be sure to check out genuine chit chat in all the usual places
0: so in the in the time that you it sounds like so you moved to new york in uh june of last year Mm -hmm. and then i mean it's a few months before the pandemic hits so you you had some time to hit the ground running it sounds like with uh getting out there and doing shows
3: yeah, so I, I hit the ground running, and um, I by no means, like, I I guess quarantine, if anything, has made me regret how much I, like, haven't done in the comedy scene yet, but- oh, Don't it's all- kick
0: yourself for that, I mean.
3: <laughs> well, it's kind of, like, lit a fire under my ass, where I'm, like, as soon as I can, like, I've been doing a lot more online shows and stuff like that, um, and so I'm, like, as soon as the clubs are open, I'm doing this, um, but so I moved out there. And I work for a startup, which is just like very demanding. So the first few months was really just figuring out my life, like figuring out I I lived in Michigan. I owned a house here. I lived alone for seven years. And then I moved to a 10 by 10 bedroom with two roommates and two cats. And I had this new demanding job in a city that I knew nothing about. Mm. So it was just kind of like figuring out what my place in the city was and also like just adapting to new everyday experiences. Um, and then I didn't really have any friends. So when I moved to the city, I knew that person that I had met off of the, the podcast guys we talked. And then I knew my uncle, who's older, and I knew a girl that I went to high school with, and that was pretty much it. So I didn't have, it wasn't like I came into this big network of people and friends. Um, I had listened to this podcast called Happy Never After for a while, for about a year and a half before I moved. And the trainer is very hilarious, very just like blonde. Her name is Mara Merrick. And or the the host, I'm sorry, and she's a personal trainer. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to make me a friend. Awesome. <laughs> and so um, I just like related to her podcast, because it's about her podcast is about divorce, and I was engaged once. And obviously, you know, that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I booked some personal training sessions with her. And that's when that kind of just like started the connections. Mm-hmm. I met people through shows with her i met people at parties with her and then i before i dove into comedy out there i dove into photography so i started going to shows and just being like hey can i take free photos for you guys and that was my like method of weaseling my way in and like talking to people and getting to know them and giving them because another thing with comics And I I don't know how prevalent it is in New York, but in Michigan, I I really felt this way, is when you get on a stage, if you don't know anybody, they're like, they're just going to completely judge everything about who you are based on your set, right? So if you bomb, like that's that person's impression of you. So my strategy was, I'm going to go in, I'm going to take photos, I'm just going to be myself, I'm going to make connections and friendships, and then that's going to be their impression. And then I got into producing and comedy. And I mean, I've worked with some really great people who have been on like SNL, I have worked with people who have been on MTV, True TV, oh, Comedy wow. Central, yeah. And so uh, once I just kind of put myself out there, and I'm a big believer in shooting your shot. So once I was, mm-hmm. once I was just like, I'm gonna give it a shot and message, you know, this person that there's a very good chance they'll never even see my message, and then to hear back from them and have them on my show um like eagle wit was he's uh worked with kevin hart he's on comedy central um he did a show for me he's been on my podcast and so nice. yeah just shooting your shot and making a name for yourself i guess
0: what's well, the thing you never know who's gonna say yes like you, you put it out there especially instagram it's like a lot a lot of people are more uh accessible re-
2: yeah accessible these days yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's a wild thing, man. You can reach anybody. And it's great for projects like how we all do our projects, you know, like Mm -hmm. we want to network with people. Being around this greatness can't help but influence more greatness. And, you know, it's just it's making it easier. And you got to shoot that shot is the best thing, you know, like can't live regret, man.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the worst (laughs) Mm -hmm. that somebody can say is no. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's that's what I've learned. And I think they're in the same
2: position. Yeah,
0: exactly.
3: Yeah, and COVID, is, COVID has really challenged me to connect with people in different places, which I am appreciative of because before I was so hyper-fixated on landing guests like in and around New York because that's where my studio is and blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, okay, well, nobody can go to the studio anyway, so I might as well Zoom with someone in LA or wherever. Mm-hmm. So it's really right. kind of... Um, Change the exposure as far as guests and stuff like that, that I have as well.
0: It forces you to adapt for sure.
3: Yeah. And you're doing zoom comedy shows and it's, I mean, just like my following in general, the amount of people that are just scattered all over um, it's dramatically different than before COVID before it was like Michigan, New York, California. That was my entire following. And now it's Mm -hmm. a little bit of everywhere.
0: Nice well it's good to see it sort of spread out uh from from those main major cities uh yeah. ha, what do you what's your feeling on the zoom uh comedy shows we were just talking with uh, another comedian and she was she was saying she was a little tentative about them like did one didn't really enjoy it as as much
3: yeah so i've done zoom and instagram live shows i will say i, I think like, i like
0: insta would work better
3: Yeah. So Instagram, the way that I did it is I produced a show via Instagram, um, hosted by the podcast. And it was just a storytelling show where comics told their embarrassing stories, but it was a little bit, it was like not serious topics. It was kind of similar to like, you know, masturbating and your parents walking in. And so, um, so we (laughs) we did that and, um, it, w- it worked because it was just me and the guests and then people were commenting in the feed, whatever. But for me as a performer, I prefer Zoom because while everyone's muted, you can still see their reaction. Mm-hmm. So one of my friends who's a comic actually made this point. He recommended that when you're doing it you pick a person who is like really engaged in the show they're laughing often you can like read their body language and just focus on that person Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of been my approach and it gives it a little bit more of a personal effect I think
0: is it Mm -hmm. is that a different approach than you take in a live show
3: Um, yeah, in a live show, well, I kind of try to read the room beforehand, I guess. Okay, um, yeah, I try to see like who's laughing at what because I, especially if I'm gonna do some kind of crowd work,
0: that's that's so important, honestly. Oh, yeah, Yeah. and
3: I I learned the hard way because my first show (laughs) that I did in New York City, I, um, I called out a couple, and I was still, like, fairly new to comedy, but I called out a couple, like, the, these two people sitting next to each other, and I was like, are you guys, um, like, are you guys together? And they're like, no. And I was like, oh. and I had, like, a whole bit planned around them oh, saying fuck. yes, and I was just like, so then I moved on to the next couple. You guys, you guys, you guys. Yeah, I was like, is anyone in this room in love? What the fuck is that? <laughs> It was just horrible. And so mm. I, I went home and I'm I'm a big self reflector. And so I was like, how do we make that never happen again? Mm-hmm. And so and, and not to say it hasn't happened again or that I haven't bombed in ways, but I I definitely read the room beforehand. Um and I definitely um yeah, I mean
0: Sounds like you try and at least learn from Yeah. Yeah, and I don't
3: really focus on, like, one person, I guess, during my set, because sometimes I have different jokes, right? So sometimes if one joke really, like, goes well, or if, like, someone in the crowd, some people, like, will heckle, but if someone just, like, you know, says something and I can go off of that. So um, while I know who I think is going to relate to my content the most, I don't necessarily fixate on them during the set.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, you mentioned hecklers. I always like to ask comedians this. <laughs> what kind of heckler stories do you have? Do you have anything memorable?
3: Um, oh, man. Let me think. I, I'm sure hmm. that I do.
0: Or an uh, approach. I'm uh, always interested uh, uh, in the approach of dealing yeah. how you deal with them. Mm. Hmm.
3: Yeah, for sure. Sorry, my dog is going crazy. Hold so, on. It's guys. okay. What's oh, your dog's good. name? <laughs> uh, her name is Penelope. I adopted her from Korea. I like to, to say that she's the reason that COVID happened because oh, I brought great. Her from
0: America. Thanks, Penelope. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, she's honestly the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, so, I mean, I can't really think uh, I'm going to be like such a party pooper. I can't think of anything specific. <laughs> that's good. That's
2: good, though. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. We I've like had that,
3: people yeah. who definitely like think that they can tell their story or my story better. And they like commentate, but it's just a matter of my, in my opinion, it's not worth the energy of like getting mad or just ignoring that person. I kind of engage, like if you want to be involved, okay. Like I'll involve you, but there's a fine line because sometimes people, you have to know that they're going to know when to stop. I guess if Mm -hmm. that's, if that makes sense, because sometimes if you engage too much with somebody, they'll think that the whole show is about them that's the problem Um, I I did attend a show so I attended a show with some comic friends who came to New York City I put on I produced a huge show for them um connected them with some comics out in the city and we went to a show in Times Square and oh my gosh I thought this was staged because this the like the whole front row was heckling and um the the guy asked this this girl and gentleman sitting in the front row how long have you guys been together and they were like 16 years and everyone's like oh my gosh and he was like oh are you guys married and she kind of looked at her boyfriend Uh (laughs) and he's like no we're not married yet and this girl sitting two seats over from them was like oh hell nah oh no Girl, run! And it turned into literally like the craziest shit I've ever seen. People were standing up out of their chairs, yelling at each other. Oh my god! Because she basically was like, "Fucking was, riot!" Yeah, because the comic was like, "Whoa, now calm down! Like, why are you, why are you being so vocal about this? You don't know their relationship." And the girl was like, "I can tell you right now that if you've been together that long and he's not married to you, he either he either has another wife." Or he doesn't love
0: you. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Some accusations being yeah. thrown. And Heavy it was just ones.
3: like things got so heated so quickly, and um, I, it was the most—it was the most entertaining comedy show I've ever attended.
0: And you're not so much a comedian as a referee.
3: Oh, that's like. exactly like <laughs> one of the guys said. He's like, I didn't. He's like, I don't even need to tell jokes at this point. Like, you guys, this is your show. <laughs> wow. So, but yeah, I've been fortunate personally, you know, aside from like dumb things that people yell out here Mm -hmm. and there, I haven't been heckled. I think it's because I generally like to think of myself as a nice person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think people sense that. And so they feel bad being mean to me. (laughs) So I really benefit. I really benefit from that. That,
0: That's a good deflection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Be nice enough that people feel (laughs) shitty being mean to you.
3: Yeah, and it's like, how can you be mean to someone after they, like, tell you a joke about going on a date with a homeless guy? Like, you feel bad for that girl. You can't yell at yeah. that girl.
0: Now, is yeah. that based on a real experience?
3: Oh, for sure. So, oh, man. Oh, here's boy. an embarrassing story for you. Yes, we I, get one
0: for, we put ours up, so.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I moved to New York, and you really, you go out there thinking, as a 26-year-old woman, you go out there thinking, um that you are going to have a sex in the city experience like i was like i am carrie bradshaw for sure so you're and a carrie <laughs> i'm a carrie we, we <laughs> talked
0: with ian finance about which characters we would be at, oh at, what, what are they i think he what were awesome. you a samantha i think uh, i think Matt? it was a samantha yeah and i'm probably a charlotte if i had to be honest
3: <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair <laughs> samantha really that's very interesting okay he's wild right. this
2: guy. i am a little wild <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, so I I mean I definitely have a wild side, but I think ultimately I'm a carry because I fall in love with really narcissistic, unavailable people. But that's a whole different podcast.
0: Mr. Biggs <laughs> but, all over, huh? Mr. <laughs> Biggs. <laughs> I'm surprised I remember all it. it's been years since I've watched that show. I
3: know, it's very impressive. So I went out and I thought this is the prime of my life. Um and I, I'm single, I have all this opportunity, I have a great job. And I was kind of talking to a guy at the time and one one day he just like did something that put me over the edge and I was like, you know what? this is New York City. There are literally so many men right outside my door and I'm not gonna put up with this bullshit. And so I downloaded Bumble. I started talking to this dude and he seemed you know, he seemed like he had it together. Uh, he really did. So he asked me, I wanted to meet at a bar that was a few blocks over from me, and I was like, "Sure, why not? So I show up. We we're supposed to meet at eight and 805, 8 15 825 run like comes around and he's still not there, and so I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm being stood up for the first time in my life. Oh, no. and he texts me, and he's like, "I'm so sorry, I'm running behind." He rolls mm-hmm. up on a razor scooter. <laughs> Not to be mistaken with the electric kind, no. but just like straight out of 1995, Razor scooter, helmet, because safety first. Folds it up, collapses God. the
0: handlebars.
3: <laughs> he collapsed it. I kicked him up. He collapsed oh my the Razor scooter and brought it into the bar. And I was like, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure nobody is going to steal your scooter, <laughs> sir. And so, you know. I mean, there's no way
0: to bike lock it, though. Yeah, true.
3: I, yeah yeah that's valid so um you but you know really ultimately you wouldn't even have to consider bike locking it if you just <laughs> didn't have a razor scooter people to just do. think
0: it's trash on the side yeah yeah
3: so um he comes in and we like do the awkward side hug we're sitting at the bar and we start doing the normal i i fucking hate dating guys i really oh, yeah. i'll probably die alone because i just hate dating so much so we're Been doing the, the nonsense you know And uh, he, so Bumble, it shows you people's location. So I go, oh, you live in Park Slope, right? Which is the hood I lived in at the time. And he's like, well, sort of. So tell me how you sort of live somewhere. So I had to, like, I'm a person who loves authentic, genuine conversation. So I had to ask him to elaborate. Oh, pry on that. Yeah. He's like, so I'm technically homeless right now. (laughs) <laughs> not top, a Carrie top Bradshaw of the resume. Moment. Yeah, not a Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> moment. Oh my God. And so I was like cool 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 cool. Um so there's like <laughs> <laughs> levels of here. homelessness. <laughs> no, I'm like a very I'm an empath so I'm like there's levels of homelessness. Right. Are you sleeping in the park, on the train, on a couch? What's your story? In your car?
0: So, you got yeah, an RV so, situation.
3: Yeah, no. I mean that was that's stretching it. That's so, <laughs> bougie in this case, <laughs> I guess that's like most people in New York okay we all live in like a closet but um so he he had been couch surfing yada 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 so I kind of like know just based on where I'm at in my life that I'm probably not going on a second date with this guy but I was being respectful so we keep talking and uh we're talking about my job and he's like I go what do you do for a living (laughs) he goes funny story and instantly I was like we'll take a round like gonna be funny (laughs) and so he's like I actually quit my job two days ago so now not only was I almost stood up I'm on the worst state of my life but I'm also paying for it because he's unemployed and homeless so I go again with the empath I give people too much credit I thought maybe he moved to New York worked on Wall Street, was exhausted by the hours, didn't want to dabble in cocaine, decided (laughs) to quit his job and he's now pursuing his dream of being a musician. Like, I don't know. And so I go, oh, I go, that's okay. What did you do? He said, uh, well, I worked at an ice cream parlor and they scheduled me four days in a row and when I saw it, I was just like, fuck this and I quit on the spot. Oh
2: my god. I (laughs) was like, I'm not
3: scooping (laughs)
2: <laughs> four yeah. days in a bro i'm gonna get carpal tunnel bro for fucking 24 hours <laughs> dude
3: i'm like chad oh, not to mother you but like you are homeless you wait should- did you say chad yes oh, oh no.
2: my god that is a fucking chad, <laughs> <It's> a chad. <laughs> oh, bro. If i ever fucking met one
0: i mean
3: he, he came in with like the buttoned up hawaiian floral shirt so <laughs> so he, made good
0: impressions. So he dre- i was gonna say he dressed the part at least oh, oh he
3: dressed the part for sure you wouldn't have known he was homeless by his razor scooter or his outfit <laughs> no so, um, or
2: the backpack who
0: knows yeah <laughs> <laughs> Support for American Slacker comes from Manscaped, who's the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels.
2: I don't know about you, Jesse, but I am sick and tired of being outmatched by these razors and traditional trimmers that you get in the store, and no matter what, they, they fucking snag your nuts.
0: That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have a lawnmower 2.0 razor, which they have sent our way, has a proprietary skin-safe technology, so you won't get those nicks or snags on your nuts.
2: Nice! Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past.
0: Yeah, and with our 20% off code, plus free shipping, you're gonna be uh, saving a bunch of money and getting some great products that won't end up uh, making it look like a war
2: zone down there. All you gotta do is enter slackers at checkout manscaped.com 20% off get your anti-chafing ball deodorant your sweet lawnmower 2.0 your nuts will thank you later
0: you can even rep them by getting yourself a manscaped.com t-shirt so head on over manscaped.com 20% off at checkout enter code slackers
2: get your ball swag here Hey everyone, my name is Drew and I host a podcast called Dudes with Brews on a Porch where we let the drinks flow and the conversations go. Each and every week, me and a friend of mine, we sit down, we try a different craft brew, usually from the state of Wisconsin, and we just sit down and have a conversation. We talk about all aspects of life. Once a month, we talk about paranormal stuff and we always have a good time. You can find our show, Dudes with Brews on a Porch, on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you find your podcast. Grab a cold one and hang out with us each and every week right here on The Porch.
3: I was just like oh my goodness so he went to the bathroom and i i told the bartender i was like we'll take he came over laughing because he was overhearing all this and he's like i already know but you want another round i was like we will take the track so when he came when chad came out of the bathroom i was like oh my god i just got called i have to fill in on this comedy show because i'm an asshole and like while i love being straightforward you no, um, have no. like, <laughs> complete
0: justification in this case i would have just like left
3: coward. i would have just coward. left so he did pay, but he didn't tip, which we'll get back to. So the worst part, this is a lesson I learned about New York. The worst part about dating in New York is that compared to dating in like the suburbs somewhere Mm -hmm. is that when you leave, you do not have the luxury of getting in your vehicle and driving away and never seeing that person again. Uh. You run the risk of, Potentially walking in the same direction as the couch that they're sleeping on that night. So we walked in the same direction for about a quarter mile. Um, he was scooting next to me. (laughs) Scooting. Oh, leave it folded. Like,
2: like, yeah, walk like
0: be a gentleman. You leave that scooter folded.
2: You wanna do you wanna like ride my my scooter?
0: hold him around the waist
3: (laughs) at that point i would i almost thought about just like continuing the date just to see how much more of a story i could get out of it there's
0: some material oh for sure
3: so and then i had to go back to the bar because it was you know not too far from my place and i went there often so i had to go back to the bar and tip the bartender because
0: This guy's acting like Mister Pinker. I just
3: told him I was like, I'm so sorry, my date was homeless. Um, (laughs) I don't think he has like a lack of respect. He just literally does not have a home or money. So, um, so yeah, it was that day that I realized that I, I was not Carrie Bradshaw. We were on very different journeys, and, um, he. I was surprised that he called me after to hang out again because I didn't really know that homeless people, you know, I, it was just like, Got
0: the cell phone down at least.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wasn't calling from a pay phone. Thank God. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just told him, I was like, you know, Chad, you seem very nice best of luck to you in your future endeavors
0: <laughs> you know that the, the drive wasn't there i think is what it really is
3: mm. oh for sure because this is that well this is probably a me problem and it has come up in therapy but like if he would have given me anything literally anything if he would have been like because i asked him i said so what's next like you have so much freedom right now which is kind of <laughs> an exciting place to be
0: it's a silver lining right <laughs> there
3: <laughs> I'm like this is like a really exciting time in your life if you think about it and he's like you know i'm just kind of i'm just kind of coasting dude and i was like Chat, check please we are Oh man. God. Yeah,
0: for the amount of like creativity and like pro- uh productivity that you seem to put out you know with, with your thoughts and ideas i'm glad you dodged that bullet the chad-shaped oh. bullet did not, not need to come into
2: your life
3: It's oh, an anchor right there
2: Chad is an anchor. <laughs> there
3: was. Don't get me wrong. I love toxic men. Man, do I have Who a Who t- doesn't, right? <laughs> Man, do oh, I have a type? But like, you've got to be toxic with passion. You've got to give me like something, <laughs> like charm, anything that I can like take to like mask your toxicity with. And he just, he really had not. He had nothing. He had nothing. So it was like, okay, this one's a complete bust. On to the next.
2: Oh my God. <laughs>
0: Matt fumbled oh, around the online dating world for a little bit. Are, you, in
3: a, are you dating oh, someone now, Matt? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. No, oh. I, I'm dating. Like I, I've been with a girl that I met on Tinder.
3: Oh. On
2: Tinder for uh, three years. So.
3: That's exciting.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah we, met, I, we met each other. We're good people. We were doing the whole thing, fondling through each other. We got lucky. We met. Excuse you know, me? <laughs> what were you doing? Dude, it's a crazy experience, online dating. You're, like, fucking fumbling, fondling. It's crazy. All right. And yeah, I don't wish upon anybody, honestly. You so when she said that, it. like she's like, online dating sucks. I was like, preach, girl, preach. Like I, I've been that there, way. I feel you. Like I was in a 10 year relationship and then I had to come to that from like dating when I was a kid to that. And it was like Yeah,
0: from what high is school this? to like mid twenties in I a mean, relationship It was and then crazy. Out.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it was like so weird for me in, like, in a different normal
0: Tinder fucking.
2: Dude. Facebook uh,
0: marketplace, I think, right? Yeah, you get people
2: with so many different intentions and, you know, you're not on the same wavelength and Mm. it's, like, just like a fucking Chad, you know? I met a lot of Chads in female forms. (laughs) You know, they might not have been homeless, but they definitely weren't fucking doing anything. Yeah, you got catfished once. I got catfished once or (gasps) twice, no joke. Okay,
3: but, like, what level? So I, I have a joke about this. Like, most people are afraid of being catfished and I'm afraid of being the catfish. So all of my, like, photos are real... Like I tried to post the It was the like, photo catfish.
2: Photo. Yeah. I mean oh. that's really what it was. I mean it must have been younger photos or something, but the girl that showed up was not the girl that I fucking saw in the photos that I was talking to. <laughs> oh
3: so, my god. Yeah, that what happened did you
2: twice. Do? Uh I'm like you, you know, empath. I fucking hang out, do the date, and walk away and never talk again. That's where I'm not empath. I fucking just go stick like a And there
0: was the worst <laughs> one that Matt's mentioned before on the show about the girl who brought him to some store and oh, did an Irish accent out of That's nowhere.
2: not even, yeah, so that's not even catfish. This was one of the lovely experiences. Uh, I had a girl, I met her in. I knew like it was an area of bumblefuck fucking New York. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be like some farm girl, something different, you know. But I meet this girl and we're going to go see a movie. And the movie is in like, you know, 45 minutes. And she's like, hey, let's go shopping. She like, she's like, hop in my car. And she's like, bef- she didn't even say we're going to go shop before we hop in the car. She's like, hop in my car. And then she just starts the car and we go fucking driving to a fucking plaza. She takes me into a shop to go shopping for clothes. And she just starts speaking in an accent like it's ridiculous an Irish accent I mean no context just really weird like I don't every know. single thing like talking to the employees of the store Irish accent <laughs> so fucking weird so fucking weird did,
3: did you have a personality disorder I, maybe
2: place? you know maybe I'm being a dick here but yeah probably oh, no, regardless, I,
3: mean, like, it's fine. I was just
2: not equipped to handle it and did the date and just you know it was a oh, good time that's
0: good odd night. on a first date to just break out
3: dude yeah it, that's super weird
2: what are you capable of after this I don't know it's this fucking <laughs> I'm a flight risk at that point right
3: <laughs> oh my god it's I an mean, odd it, world it mm-hmm. is and part of the thing that you you were touching on a little bit Matt is that like one so do both of you live in major cities I'm I'm uh, near San
0: Francisco
2: and I okay. live in Albany so it's not it's like a major city but it's like fucking a little joke of a city
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a major city and it's heart. I get it. Okay. Yeah. How's it's it the capital? You live in yeah. the city.
2: Like and I live in Albany. If you saw what Albany was, you'd be like, that's a fucking joke. It's like yeah. four blocks of what the city is. It's a water yeah.
0: droplet of New York, yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. New York's wild. And the thing that I found the most difficult about dating in New York is that there my coworker always says like she is hilarious instead of the grass is always greener she always says the neighbor's chicken is always fatter which I think I need to like get tattooed on my body it's my favorite saying now but people have this mentality where like the neighbor's chicken's always fatter something better is always going to come along and so it's so difficult because there's a ton of serial daters first of all we have like there's so many people who don't believe in monogamy which is fine and I've actually like there was one person specifically in my life that I I kind of consider being in an open relationship with at one point and so like that's fine if that's your choice but it's like right. people don't really believe in monogamy people may like love you one week but then it, it's just like the next best thing is always around the corner you have this app within your, within your hand that you have access of thousands hundreds of thousands of people to and it's really hard because i'm at the point where after my last breakup, I like had my year where I went a little bit wild. And now I'm like, I just want someone who's like on the same path as me, you know, yeah. like someone who's passionate about something, they're working hard. I don't care about your success, but like, just be a decent human being. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it's really difficult to find that because most people I feel like in this city just like, want to fuck, <laughs> like, really? you know, it's like they, they really just want to kind of like
0: that fast pace. Too, too yeah like that I feel like does affect that mm-hmm. yeah it's
3: like I just want to hook up and have this quick connection and I like sink my claws into people real quickly like my circle of people even friendship wise is so small but it's like mighty and once you're a friend of mine there's nothing I won't do for you and so for me it's like it's difficult because if I feel a connection with someone and it's reciprocated and then like a week later like they're on a date with another person i'm like what the hell like mm-hmm. it's hard you know mm. oh, so yeah. i haven't been i haven't dated since probably october of last year because i've just been like well, co-
0: covid probably makes it really tough too i've heard people trying to do like zoom dates and stuff like that but yeah, that, seemed, I did that. i, I did mean that. You, there's a little less risk to that you know chad can't get on zoom then
3: you're
2: probably yeah, no. in the clear <laughs> like, chad can zoom from his smartphone he had a phone oh to he could he'll app he'll be, it like it's like chad it looks like you're at the park what's up it's like yeah you know i'm just <laughs> hanging at the park today and you know, chad's our
0: scapegoat for the episode
2: here. you know oh, chad's I not going to tell you he's homeless over zoom he's going to wait till you're at the bar
0: he's oh gonna, for
3: gonna... sure you, sure. even,
2: uh, you gotta watch
0: out because he'll blue screen one of these uh, cool <laughs> backgrounds. Look like he's <laughs> in oh a mansion.
3: There's a chandelier. God. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I've done a couple of Zoom dates, and I think it does take a little bit of the pressure off of like your appearance because I've literally Zoom dated with guys in been in like sweatpants. <laughs> like I'm just like whatever, um, yeah. and you get you get a little bit more of like a, a genuine conversation without all of this noise uh, as to like physical attraction like physical expectations is he going to kiss me at the end of the night is he not going to mm-hmm. and so i i think that it does enhance dating and make it a little bit easier mm-hmm. but and you have the option of like just if it's going bad you just end the call and blame that the internet <laughs> yeah you're just like oh my god i'm so sorry AT&T is a piece of shit i'll talk to you never um, Matt, I'm very similar to you in the sense that, like, I I coined the term ghosting in my younger <laughs> life. Like, mm-hmm. cause I don't like hurting people's feelings, and yep. I have I have learned through therapy how to have those conversations. um But I mean, there are still plenty of times where I'm just like, "Oh, did she die? No one knows."
2: <laughs> Dude, I check out so quick, like, especially with the dating. I was just like, bye. Yeah. Like it was
0: I, do you think there's a protocol to that though like there's a certain amount of like if you've invested a certain amount of time then there's a responsibility to let people know what's happening
3: yeah for sure i think like if it's a first date i really don't owe you anything i don't feel an obligation mm-hmm. to explain to you that like the many things that are wrong with you that are going to make this not work out long term mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it's like we for example back in october i went on a couple of dates with this dude and like he met some of my friends cool guy but we both had a lot of like different shit happening in life so the timing just didn't line up Mm -hmm. and i felt like because we were hanging out so much and like he met my dog which is equivalent to third base um (laughs) i felt like i I felt like i owed him a conversation you know Mm -hmm. like i was like hey this is where i'm at this is what what i'm where i'm sensing you're at and like timing's just off. And so, and we're cool. Like we, but everything like ended civilly We're we follow each other on social media, but.
0: And I guess like that's you, you kind of leave the options open at that point where it's like, if it, if it's a, really a timing thing, then who knows down the line, if you, if you ghost the person, you'll never have
3: yeah that opportunity. And that, that was something that I kind of like felt with him specifically was that, I, I really did feel like it was a timing issue. And so I wanted to, I don't want to be like, I wanted to keep that door open, but mm-hmm. he wasn't someone that I felt like deserved. I knew that he would take it personal if I just fell off the planet. Right. And so, um, so yeah,
0: so, like six months with someone and then like Jason Bourne just fade into like the shadows.
3: And It's like a figment. <laughs> We could. He he asked me if I wanted to like hang out post COVID, and so who knows, like that could be a thing. But right. for but I definitely think like if it's a first date, you don't you don't owe anyone an explanation.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Chad Chad can kick bricks.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, Chad <laughs> can suck. And then you know it's like really it was humbling because I went on this date out of spite, right? I went on this date because this other dude. Yeah, because this other dude will like upset me. And I was like, I can date anyone. And then the anyone happened to be homeless. And so <laughs> then it's like, you know, he's like, he was one of my best friends. So he was like, How would your date go? And I was like, Fuck you. He was homeless.
0: <laughs> oh, man. You
3: that showed
0: anyone.
3: him. Oh, yeah. Oh. I really, really stuck it to him. I, oh, I hit him man. where it hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, dating.
0: Dating's tough, especially COVID, and then you got all these. Te- the technology seems a little bit like a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. for sure.
3: It is for sure. It is for sure. But I, uh, right now, like my priorities have just shifted. I've always been a person who's liked companionship to some set, to some degree. Um, I, I'm a serious dater, so I've never casually dated. I've only had serious relationships, three of them two of them I lived with, one I was engaged to. And so uh, for me right now, I'm like, everything I have is going into my comedy, my writing, my podcast. And um, eventually, I think that eventually, like I'll meet someone either through those creative endeavors, or I'll just hopefully meet someone who can like respect them and understand that I have like a very I guess it's not unique to New York and the lifestyle of New York, but I just have like a unique perspective where I don't think a man will ever really be my priority. Work will always kind of come first. Well, it should be
0: should be complementary. It should be more like a team than than. Yeah, a, uh...
3: exactly. And I just did an episode with my friend who I mentioned earlier, Mara, and we discussed that where I always use the analogy of like running a race, mm. and eventually, like somebody's just gonna like be running next to you and they're going to be able to keep the same pace as you and she went as far to be like yeah and hopefully they'll hand you a bottle of water you know and so (laughs) that's what I'm doing is I'm just kind of like running this race right now and I have this end game of like what success looks like in terms of my career my podcast my comedy and like yeah either I'll meet someone who can like run that same path and keep up or I won't and like I'll be fine either way
0: oh totally yeah. and I, I mean we're both looking forward to uh hearing more of these stories oh, from- for sure. oh, yeah. as,
3: as soon as like dating the dating world opens back up i'm going i'm going to become one of those serial daters because i need <laughs> the content like that's the only reason i date and sometimes i'll even pick people based off of like <laughs> oh, do boy. you look you're like you're gonna tortured get it <laughs> yourself <laughs> no i know but like if you go into it like chad Put out, put on an illusion, right? I thought that Chad. <laughs> that button
0: someone,
3: up. Yeah, the button up. I thought Chad could be someone that my mom would meet someday, but he was not. But if you're like being <laughs> real straightforward with your pictures and your bio about who you are, and I know going in that you are not my soulmate, then there are times where I'll take the bait, and I'm like, this is going to be an awesome story. <laughs> Let's go. Oh
0: and who God. knows? It might turn out to be uh, totally unexpected.
3: I know I end up marrying one of them. No, oh, that's god. not
0: that's <laughs> happened. Careful careful
2: now. <laughs> oh my god. Avoid those chads at all costs.
3: Oh, avoid them at all costs. Yeah.
2: Well, this has been a ton of fun, Stephanie. It's been uh, thank you so much for coming on. We've yeah, had a blast. Yeah.
3: For having
2: me. Uh real quick before we head out, do you want to tell everybody how do they reach you? Where do they find you online?
3: Yeah, for sure. So, my personal Instagram is seeker and sought. Um, That's S-E-E-K-E-R-A-N-D-S-O-U-G-H-T. I should probably make that easier. Um, My my profile is currently private because I, so the opposite of ghosting is haunting. And I had someone who was haunting me and like watching this stuff. (laughs) So it's currently private, but send me a request. I'll definitely follow you back. And then the podcast um, is, is that embarrassing? Um, All one word on Instagram. And you can find it on Spotify, Luminary, iTunes, SoundCloud, all the places. So, yeah, follow me, message me, tell me your secrets. I'd love to hear those or embarrassing stories. You can be pals.
2: Come on, nice. guys. I told about how my parents caught me jerking it. Let's be, <laughs> let's be open here.
0: And I fucked yeah. up my car, which seems like nothing now
2: but yeah that bomb? <laughs> i was there though it was something he was pissed I believe well, it. he was so upset and he was uh, mad at every one of us in the car
3: laughing that's <laughs> the worst because that's something too where it, it lasts like the damage is a mm-hmm. constant daily reminder until oh, I, you saw mm. I saw well, you it i saw it
2: every day until that car exploded <laughs> lived up to his name
3: and it was so self-inflicted <laughs> yep the worst uh, kind yes
2: yeah well, thank you again for coming on. And yeah, uh, I, think yeah. the, I think the message of the show, man, and I see you, Chad's, be a Stephanie. All right? How about <laughs> that? Fantastic. <laughs> All right, people. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Whether you're watching on YouTube, you're listening on Spotify, wherever you're listening, hey, we love them. Until next time, that's it. There you go. We're smoking America, America. We're passing America. I'm mapping America, America. I'm psyching America. We're America. We're blazing America. We blazing America.
3: Visit the show's website, aspodcast.com, where you will find every episode, official merchandise, and links to their Patreon if you would like to support American Slacker.
1: Give me a minute, give me a minute. Think about the second set of passage. Man, I gotta go and get it, grab it. Why you gotta go and act a savage? Smoking weed, I gotta feed the habit. Now I'm on some other shit. Things that I gotta go get. Medical all on my slip. Ballin' like Domino's bitch. Stuck in my ways, fucking high days, fucking sideways in the driveway. We're smoking America, America. We're passing a I'm mapping America, I'm second America, We're talking America, America. we blazing America. This is fucking America, We're second America. We're second America, America.